Chapter 16 of Light on Life's Difficulties by James Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Andrea Fiore. Chapter 16 Light on Diversities of Creeds. Those who depart from the common track in matters of faith and strike out independently in search of the higher life, as distinguished from the letter of religious dogma, are apt to sink into a pitfall which awaits them at the first step, namely, the pitfall of pride. Attacking creeds and speaking contemptuously of the orthodox, as though orthodoxy were synonymous with evil, are not uncommon practices among those who fondly imagine that they are in possession of greater spiritual light. Departure from orthodoxy does not by any means include departure from sin. Indeed, it is frequently accompanied with increased bitterness and contempt. Change of opinion is one thing, change of heart is quite another. To withdraw one's adherence from creeds is easy, to withdraw one's self from sin is more difficult. Hatred and pride, and not necessarily orthodoxy and conformity, are the things to be avoided. One's own sin, and not another man's creed, is the thing to be despised. The right-minded man cannot pride himself on being broader than others, or assume that he is on a higher plane than others, or think with self-righteous contempt of those who still cling to some form of letter-worship which he has abandoned. Applying the words narrow, bigoted, and selfish to others is not the indication of an enlightened mind. No person would wish these terms to be applied to himself, and he who is becoming truly religious does not speak of others in words which would wound him were they directed toward himself. Those who are learning how to exercise humility and compassion are becoming truly enlightened, thinking lowly of themselves and kindly of others, condemning their own sins with merciless logic, and thinking with tender pity of the sins of others. They develop that insight into the nature and law of things which enables them to see the truth that is in others and in the religions of others. They do not condemn their neighbor because he holds a different faith or because he adheres to a formal creed. Creeds must be, and he who performs faithfully his duty in his own particular creed, not interfering with or condemning his neighbor in the performance of his duty, is bringing the world nearer to perfection and peace. Amid all the diversities of creeds, there is a unifying power of undying and unalterable love, and he or she who has love has entered into sympathetic union with all. He who has acquired the true spirit of religion, who has attained to pure insight and deep charity of heart, will avoid all strife and condemnation. He will not fall into the delusion of praising his own sect, should he belong to one, and try to prove that it alone is right, or disparage other sects and try to prove that they are false. As the true man does not speak in praise of himself or his own work, so the man of humility, charity, and wisdom does not speak of his own sect as being superior to all others. He does not seek to elevate his own particular religion by picking holes in forms of faith which are held sacred by others. Nothing more explicit and magnanimous has ever been uttered in reference to this particular phrase of the practice of charity 
than is to be found in the twelfth edict of ashoka the great indian ruler and saint who lived some two or three centuries previous to the christian era and whose life dedicated to the spread of truth testified to the beauty of his words the edict runs thus there should be no praising of one's own sect and decrying of other sects but on the contrary a rendering of honor to other sects for whatever cause honor may be due by so doing both one's own sect may be helped forward and the other sects will be benefited by acting otherwise one's own sect will be destroyed in injuring others whosoever exalts his own sect by decrying others does so doubtless out of love for his own sect thinking to spread abroad the fame thereof but on the contrary he inflicts the more an injury upon his own sect these are wise and holy words the breath of charity is in them and they may be well pondered upon by those who are anxious to overthrow not the religions of other men but their own shortcomings it is a dark and deep-seated delusion that causes a man to think that he can best advance the cause of his religion by espousing what he regards as the evils of other religions the most part of it is that while such a one rejoices in the thought that by continually belittling other sects he will perhaps at last wipe them out and win all men to his side he is all the time engaged in the sad work of bringing into disrepute and thereby destroying his own sect just as every time a man slanders another he inflicts lasting injury upon his own character and prospects so every time one speaks evil of another sect he soils and demeans his own and the man who is prone to attack and condemn other religions is the one who suffers most when his own religion is attacked and condemned if a man does not like that his own religion should be denounced as evil and false he should carefully guard himself that he does not condemn other religions as such if it pleases him when his own cause is well spoken of and helped he should speak well of and help other causes which while differing from his own in method have the same good view in the end in this way he will escape the errors and miseries of sectarian strife and will perfect himself in divine charity the heart that has embraced gentleness and charity avoids all those blind passions which keep the fires of party strife violence persecution and bitterness burning from age to age it dwells in thoughts of pity and tenderness scorning nothing despising nothing and not stirring up animosity for he who acquires gentleness gains that clear insight into the great law which cannot be obtained in any other way he sees that there is good in all sects and religions and he makes that good his own let the truth-seeker avoid divisions and offending distinctions and let him strive after charity for charity does not slander backbite or condemn it does not think of trampling down another's and elevating its own truth cannot contradict itself the nature of truth is exactness reality undeviating certitude why then the ceaseless conflict between the religions and creeds is it not because of error contradiction and conflict belong to the domain of error for error being confusion is in the nature of self-contradiction if the christian says 
my religion is true and buddhism is false and if the buddhist says christianity is false and buddhism is true we are confronted with an irreconcilable contradiction for these two religions cannot be both true and false such a contradiction cannot come from truth and must therefore spring from error but if both these religious partisans should now say or think yes truly the contradiction springs from error but the error is in the other man in his religion and not me in mine this does but intensify the contradiction from where then springs the error and where is truth does not the very attitude of mind which these men adopt toward each other constitute the error and were they to reverse that attitude exchanging antagonism for goodwill would they not perceive the truth which does not stand in conflict with itself the man who says my religion is true and my neighbor's is false has not yet discovered the truth in his own religion for when a man has done that he will see the truth in all religions as behind all the universal phenomena there is but one truth so behind all the religions and creeds there is but one religion for every religion contains the same ethical teaching and all the great teachers taught exactly the same thing the precepts of the sermon on the mount are to be found in all religions the life which these precepts demand was lived by the great teachers and many of their disciples for the truth is a pure heart and a blameless life and not a set of dogmas and opinions all religions teach purity of heart holiness of life compassion love and goodwill they teach the doing of good deeds and the giving up of selfishness and sin these things are not dogmas theologies and opinions they are things to be done things to be practiced to be lived men do not differ about these things for they are the acknowledged verities of every sect what then do they differ about about their opinions their speculations their theologies men differ about that which is unreal not that which is real they fight over error and not over truth the very essential of all religion and religions is that before a man can know anything of truth he must cease from fighting his fellow man and shall learn to regard him with good will and love how can a man do this while he is convinced that his neighbor's religion is false that it is his duty to do all that he can to undermine and overthrow it this is not doing unto others as we would that they should do to us that which is true and real is true and real everywhere and always there is no distinction between the pious christian and the pious buddhist purity of heart piety of life holy aspirations and the love of truth are the same in the buddhist as the christian the good deeds of the buddhist are not different from the good deeds of the christian remorse for sin and sorrow for wrong thoughts and deeds springs in the hearts not only of christians but of men and women of all religions great is the need of sympathy great is the need of love all religions are the same in that they teach the same fundamental truths but men instead of practicing these truths engage opinions and speculations about things which are outside the range of knowledge and experience and it is in defending and promulgating their own particular speculations 
that men become divided and engage in conflict with each other. Condemnation is the beginning of persecution. The thought, I am right and you are wrong, is a seed prolific of hatred. It was out of this seed that the Spanish Inquisition grew. He who would find the universal truth must abandon egotism and quench the hateful flames of condemnation. He must remove from his heart the baneful thought, all others are wrong, and think the illuminating thought, it is I who am wrong. And having thus thought, he will cease from sin, and will live in love and goodwill toward all, making no distinctions, engaging in no divisions, a peacemaker and not a partisan. Thus living charitably disposed to all, he will become one with all. He will comprehend the universal truth, the eternal religion. For while error and selfishness divide, truth demonstrates truth, and religion unifies. End of chapter 16 Recording by Andrea Fiore